ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Amma ba'd. So we've been discussing over the last few lessons regarding Tawheed and Shirk and in particular in the last few lessons we were talking about the history of Shirk and how it first began. And we mentioned the story of Nuh and how the shirk originally began at that time around about the time of the people of Nuh today we move on to the chapter where we will now have a look at some of the types of things that the Prophet ﷺ did in preventing us from committing shirk, how he prohibited us, what he told us, the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ against shirk. الوسائل القولية والفعلية التي نهى عنها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لأنها تفضي إلى الشرك <coughs> Some of the types of statements and actions that a person might say or do that can lead to shirk and so the Prophet ﷺ warned us against those particular statements and particular actions that can lead to shirk. Number one, نَهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَنِ التَّلَفْحُضِ بِالْأَلْفَاضِ الَّتِي فِيهَا التَّسْوِيَةِ the Prophet ﷺ forbade us, prohibited us from using words and phrases and statements and speech which makes Allah equal to anyone else besides him. We can never say anything that indicates Allah is the same as something else in his creation. An example of that is where one time a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said to him, Ma sha Allahu wa shi'ta. Whatever Allah wills and what you will. 
He said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whatever Allah wills, mashaAllah, wa shi'ta, and what you will. Whatever Allah wills, and what you will, O Messenger. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he heard this statement, he told him, no, أَجَعَلْتَنِي لِلَّهِ نِدَّا Have you made me a partner to Allah? Have you made me equal to Allah? By saying whatever Allah wills and what you will, are you making me equal to Allah? Rather, bal, say, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ Say whatever Allah wills alone. Or, مَا شَاءَ Whatever Allah wills, then after that what you will. But don't say whatever Allah wills and what you will at the same time. There is no equal between Allah and the Messenger. Allah is the Creator. The messenger is from the creation. So when that man said, whatever Allah wills and you will, the prophet said to him, are you making me equal to Allah? Say whatever Allah wills alone. Or if you're going to say it, whatever Allah wills, then after that, what you will. So that you're not making the prophet or anybody else equal or the same. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, there are in the sunnah some narrations that talk about the statement, Lawla Allah wa anta. Lawla Allah wa anta. Was it not for Allah and you that praise was it not for Allah and you? Like sometimes they say, when you have an accident, you have an accident, and the emergency services, they come, the ambulance comes, the fire brigade comes, the police come, you had an accident with your car, so they come and they pull you out of the car and they save you and they take you to hospital. So then the person may say, was it not for Allah and you emergency people, then I would have died. But that type of statement isn't the way it should be done. It's like you're saying these emergency people are equal alongside Allah. Was it not for Allah and you? Rather, you should say, was it not for Allah? Allah is the one who saved you from that accident. As for these emergency people, they are just the means that Allah decreed for you to be saved. Sometimes the people, they might say, if you're out on a boat or a ship on the sea, in the ocean, and there's a big storm, and your boat or your ship is about to sink. But the captain of the ship, 
He steers the ship in the right direction and he saves everybody. Or the aeroplane, the pilot manages to save the plane when the plane is about to dive and crash. He manages to save it. So then people say, was it not for the captain? Was it not for the pilot? Then we would have died. And that is incorrect. You should not make this type of statement, was it not for the pilot? Was it not for the captain? We would have died. Rather, it is Allah who saved you, not the captain or the pilot. So the Prophet ﷺ told us, you have to be careful with these types of phrases, with these types of phrases and statements. You have to be careful because otherwise, those phrases may indicate, even if you don't necessarily mean it, they may indicate that you are equaling between Allah and others. So the Prophet ﷺ warned us against those types of phrases and to be careful with those phrases. Some of the mashayikh used to mention that it is not even befitting, it is not even right that you say to somebody tomorrow, I need your help to do this, that, the other. I need your help with some bits and bobs. I'm depending on you. That phrase, I'm depending on you. One of the scholars used to say he doesn't like that phrase. Because you're not depending upon this person, you're depending upon Allah. This person is just somebody who's going to help you. But it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will decree whether you get what you want or you don't or what happens. Your dependence is upon Allah, not this person. So you have to be very careful with your speech and statements. And that's why sometimes you go to some people's houses even some mosques, and they have, Ya Allah. And then right next to it, on the same line, on this side, Ya Muhammad, in the same line. That is incorrect. The Prophet Muhammad is not at the same as Allah. You cannot put that like that. Allah is the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the one deserving of worship alone. We do not worship the Prophet Muhammad So it's a mistake to say, Ya Allah, and then write on the same line, Ya Muhammad, on the same level. You're making them equal like that, and that is not correct. So that is the first thing the Prophet warned us against. The second thing, Naha sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anil ghulu. في تعظيم القبور بالبناء عليها وإسراجها وتجسيسها والكتاب عليها. The second thing, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم warned us and advised us when it comes to the graveyards and when we bury the dead, how those graves should be firstly that you're not supposed to exaggerate in your love for the deceased 
How did shirk originally begin? They exaggerated in their love for the righteous people. And they began raising those righteous people to such a high level that in the end they made idols of them. So you do not exaggerate as some people do. They say this man is Mawlana, he is such a big scholar, he goes to paradise at night and Allah speaks to him in the gardens of paradise at night. No, that does not happen. People do not go to paradise at night and Allah speaks to them. But this is the exaggeration some people have. They say he's such a big imam, he does that, he told us. Well, then he's lying to you. He's lying to you if he tells you he goes to paradise at night when he's asleep and Allah talks to him and gives him revelation. We do not say these types of things. This is not true. So the Prophet ﷺ told us, do not have exaggeration. And secondly, when you bury the people, do not make their graves like shrines. This is in the Sunnah. You're not supposed to make the grave of a Muslim after you bury him like a shrine. Now when you go to the graveyard, if you stand at the edge of the graveyard and you look at the whole graveyard and you have the Muslim section on one side and the non-Muslim section over the other side, you look at the whole graveyard. You can never tell the difference where the Muslim section is and where the non-Muslim section is. All of them look the same. All of them look the same. Just like the non-Muslim section has the big tombstones and the big flowers and the big decorations. When you look everywhere else, all of the tombs have got that. All of the graves have got that. Even the Muslim ones copying exactly how the non-Muslim ones do it. Big tombstone in loving memory of. Where has all this been copied from? From the non-Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ told us, no, you're not supposed to put these big tombs on, these big headstones worth hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds, big headstone in loving memory of, and put lots of writing there, and write La ilaha illallah there, and all these things on the tombstones. It is not sunnah. You will never ever find any hadith which says that's what you have to do for the tomb and the headstone. If you can find it, and it's authentic, everybody, we will do it. You will never find it. It doesn't exist. In fact, you will find the opposite. The opposite, you will find it. Hadith where the Prophet ﷺ told us, do not make these big tombs and do not make these big shrines on top of the graves. Do not put paint on it and colors on it and all these decorations on it. Have you seen Baqir? The graveyard next to the masjid of the Prophet That is what a graveyard is supposed to look like. You've seen it. Just the pile of the soil where somebody is buried and a small rock or something there just to identify where the grave is. No big tombstones and flowers everywhere and leaves everywhere and bricks and decorations. These things the people have copied them from non-Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ told us you're not supposed to do that at the graveyards. You're not supposed to have these big decorations and bricks and 
build everything on top and build a wall around the grave and put headstone there. It is not the sunnah to do it. Everything we do, Quran and sunnah with evidence. If somebody can find a hadith that says, when you bury a Muslim, do a big headstone properly, make it look good, the grave, make it neat, make all this, make all that. If you can find it, then we will do it, no problem. We will do it, but you will not find it because it does not exist. So the second thing the Prophet ﷺ told us is, we are not supposed to build on top of the graves. We're not supposed to build on top of the grave of somebody, build a headstone, build a border, build other things. You're not supposed to do that. So that is something the Prophet ﷺ warned us against too. The third thing, the Prophet ﷺ warned us against is putting graves inside of mosques. Haram, impermissible to put graves inside of mosques. The Prophet ﷺ said just before he died, this was just before he died, one of the last hadith. He said, لَعَنَ اللَّهُ الْيَهُودَ وَالنَّصَارَىٰ اِتَّخَذُوا قُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَسَاجِ The curse of Allah upon the Jews and the Christians, they took the graves of their prophets as, more, as places of worship, as temples. They used to build them on top of the graves. And I've seen some myself, churches, you walk into the church and there at the beginning there is a grave of some big priest. That is what they do. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Sahaba, they came and told him that's what they do in the churches. They bury the big priests inside to honor them, give them respect, bury them inside the mosque in their church. And the Prophet ﷺ said, curse of Allah be upon them for that. Not supposed to bury people inside of the mosque and make their grave inside of the mosque. Haram and impermissible. But then what about if somebody says the grave of the Prophet ﷺ? When he died, was he buried in the mosque? No, he wasn't. Where he is buried right now wasn't even part of the mosque at that time. Where he is buried right now, that section used to be his house. Right now where he is buried and Abu Bakr and Umar, that area used to be the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. The mosque wasn't even that big in those days. The masjid of the Prophet wasn't even maybe this size at the beginning. Not even maybe this size. When it first, at the time of the Prophet it was made out of mud, mud walls. Not even bricks, nothing. When it was first built at the time of the Prophet, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it was just mud, clay walls. And at the top, it just had a thatched roof, like big grass and leaves and everything on the roof. That's it. And when it used to rain, obviously that's not waterproof. When it used to rain, it would come through and the ground would become wet. And the ground at the time of the Prophet didn't have any carpet or anything. It was just the normal ground, like normal field. Soil and grass, how that is. 
normal ground and desert and soil as it was in those days. So when the rain used to get through, it would become muddy inside of the mosque. And there's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ prayed after it had rained. And when they came out of prostration, there was mud on their forehead and their nose. Because the ground became muddy in the mosque. So at the time when he was buried, وسلم, that wasn't even the mosque. That was his house. He was buried where he died in his house. Afterwards, when they extended the mosque, they extended first all the other ways. Then they got stuck. They had to extend a little bit that way. Even when they extended that way, they made sure big walls all around that area. You can't even see the graves or anything only from the front. So you can give salam upon the Prophet. All the other sides, huge walls, you can't even see anything. So nobody can try and use that as an evidence. Let's put graves inside the mosque. The Prophet wasn't buried in the mosque. He was buried in his home. Afterwards, the mosque increased and increased and increased. And the houses they went and it was increased bigger the mosque. That's it. So the thing here the Prophet ﷺ told us is that we cannot build graves inside of mosques. Some people, they do that right now. People who attribute themselves to Islam. For example, there are different groups and sects out there. Some of them, their leaders are buried in the mosque. They bury their leaders in the mosque. And this is haram, it is impermissible. The mosque is not for burying anybody inside. The mosque is the house of Allah for the worship of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth thing, another example of something the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from, prohibited us from, is to pray at certain times of the day. There are certain times of the day when it's impermissible to pray. Two of those times are at sunrise and at sunset. Before sunrise, of course, you pray the Fajr. Before sunrise. Not during sunrise. And Maghrib, you pray after sunset, not during sunset during sunrise and during sunset then it is impermissible to pray at those times and why did the prophet ﷺ forbid us from praying at those times because some of the uh, uh, polytheists some of the mushrikun they used to worship the sun and so they used to make sujood at the time of sunrise and sunset, they would make prostration to the sun. And so the Prophet ﷺ told us not to behave like them, those idol worshippers, sun worshippers, worshipping things in creation instead of Allah. So not to pray at that time. Because that was the time the mushrikun were prostrating to the sun. So we do not do the things that the mushrikun do. Even one time a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said to him that somebody has made a vow or that he himself made a vow, an oath to slaughter a camel in a place called 
nadhara an yanhara ibilan bi buana is it okay is it allowed that a man has made a vow to slaughter sacrifice at a particular place called buana the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said هل كان فيه وثن من اوثان الجاهليه يعبد او كما قال that was there any idol from the idols of jahiliya that used to be worshiped there or any festival that they used to have there they said no that is not a place where the mushrikun used to have any festivals or worship any idols or anything so the prophet said in that case اوفي بنذر Go and fulfill your vow there then. Meaning if that was a place where the mushrikun used to do their things, then it would not have been allowed to go and do the slaughtering there as well. Similarly, when the munafiqun, the munafiqun, the hypocrites built a mosque at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, Masjid al-Zirar, next to Masjid Quba, They built a mosque there, the munafiqun, the hypocrites, kuffar. They built a mosque to try and deceive the Muslims so they could go into that mosque and they could make their plans against the Muslims. But Allah revealed the ayah in the Quran, La taqum fihi abada. Never go and stand and pray in that mosque because it is not actually a mosque it is built upon an intention of kufr not an intention of ikhlas of sincerity to allah so the fourth thing here is that we do not imitate the mushrikeen or do what they do Man minhum. the prophet وسلم, said whoever imitates a people then he is from them if you're going to copy the kuffar then you are going to be like them. So we do not do what the mushrikun do, what the polytheists and idol worshippers do. Also, the fifth point, the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from going out on any sacred journeys except to three places, three mosques. You cannot go out on any type of sacred journey, any holy journey, any journey for worship, except to three places only. That is Masjid al-Haram, Mecca, and Masjid al-Nabawi in Medina, Al-Aqsa in Palestine. Those three mosques you can travel to, but outside of them, You don't go traveling to a shrine or to this thing or that thing. All over the place they say there's a shrine of somebody here. Everybody goes there and there are big crowds of people there. There's a shrine of somebody else somewhere else. The Prophet ﷺ told us, no, you don't go out on these journeys traveling to shrines or other mosques or anything. Just those three mosques you can go to for worship, for ibadah but not to any other mosques traveling out sacred journey holy journey no this is what the prophet told us so that people do not go into exaggeration 
to different places and to shrines and to this place and that place and making them into sacred journeys that we do not fall into that. The sixth thing, Naha sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil ghuluwi fi madhihi faqal la tutruni kama atrat al-nasara Isa ibn Maryam innama ana abd faqulu abdullahi wa rasuluh the Prophet forbade us to praise him too much. And he said in a hadith, don't raise me up and praise me like the Christians did to Jesus. What did the Christians start saying about Jesus? They took him so high, so high, so high. They said he is God himself. So the Prophet said, no. Do not praise me to that level and raise me to that level as they did with Isa alayhi salam. Do not raise me to that level. Rather, I am a servant. So say I am the servant of Allah and that I am the messenger of Allah. That is it. Nothing more than that. Again, you see the deviance of the people, misguidance. That they raised the Prophet ﷺ above what the Prophet told us. And they begin to say that he was made out of light. And he can walk and he had no shadow. All made up, not a single hadith which says that. Or they say that Allah made the light of the Prophet ﷺ. And then Allah made all of the creation from the light of the Prophet ﷺ. Again, not a single hadith to prove that. We cannot just take stories. You have to take hadith, Quran, Sunnah, evidences. That is what our religion is. So here the Prophet said, Do not raise me like that. Rather, I am a servant of Allah and I am the messenger of Allah. So say I am the servant and I am the messenger and that's it. Not to start saying that the Prophet has knowledge of the unseen. That the Prophet can give us shafa'a now. He will take our dua to Allah, go to his grave and make dua. He takes your dua to Allah for you, does shafa'a for you now. All of these things the people they made up and it's a mistake. So the sixth thing the Prophet told us is not to raise him above his station. The seventh we've already mentioned is about vowing in a place where the mushrikun used to do things there. And so you do not do that at a place where the mushrikun used to do their worship. They used to worship their idols or they used to have their celebrations and festivals. كُلُّ هَذَا حَذَّرَ مِنْهُ صِيَانَةً لِلتَّوْحِيدِ وَحِفَاظًا عَلَيْهِ وَسَدًّا لِلْوَسَائِلِ وَالذَّرَائِعِ الَّتِي تُفْضِي إِلَيْهِ So all of these things the Prophet ﷺ told us about them in order to stop any pathway going to shirk. To stop any pathway towards shirk. Because like we said on the Day of Judgment, the one sin you will not be forgiven for if you die upon it without repentance is shirk. 
ان الله لا يغفر ان يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk with him but he forgives all else to whom he wills hence the prophet informed us and highlighted to us all of what we need to do to avoid shirk to make sure we do not get anywhere near shirk blocked off all the pathways to shirk even like the number one our speech you have to be careful what words you use because you may end up comparing allah to the prophet making resemblance and so we have to be careful of all of these affairs the issue regarding the graves in particular is a substantial issue that is something many of the muslims have fallen into going to the graveyards and falling into shirk there making dua to the dead people asking the dead people to take their duas to allah for them and those dead people cannot hear them and even if they could hear them they cannot help them this is all from the innovation and misguidance and shirk that the people are upon it is not established that a person goes to the graveyards to ask for help from the dead or to make dua to them or to slaughter for them or to do tawaf around their graves this is all from the shirk which has occurred amongst the people from the olden times to the times now any questions up to that section so far any questions on what we've discussed so far huh yes you can go to the graveyards to make dua for the dead people not to make dua to them you can go there and make dua to allah that allah forgives them and that allah has mercy on them and that allah puts them in paradise you can go and make dua to allah for them but you can't go there making dua to them asking them to take your dua to allah for you so going to the graveyards is allowed give salam upon them make dua for them remember death that type of thing is okay but when people go there seeking shafa'a and making dua to the dead that is where the incorrect actions come in mashallah so they go to the graves and they take soil from the grave of the awliya this is a big wali from the awliya of allah so they go and they take some soil from his grave baraka yani for baraka they say it's going to be blessed this soil is going to be blessed because this is where the big wali is buried this is absolutely false did the companions ever go to the grave of the prophet and take soil from there find a single hadith where they did that will you ever find it never ever the companions never went to the grave of the prophet and take soil from it even after abu bakr died radiyallahu anhu did the other companions go to his grave and take soil from there never umar when he died did the other companions go to his grave and take soil never 
Never ever they did it. So how can we do it? Are these awliya bigger than Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah? Are they bigger than the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Never. So the Salaf never took soil from the Prophet's grave. Why are we going to take soil from other people's grave? This is the thing. Islam, you follow the evidence what is in the Quran and the Sunnah. Anything else somebody makes up, Barakah do this, Barakah do that. You say, show me the hadith. Did the Prophet tell us it is Barakah to take soil from the grave? Never. Never did he tell us to do that. No hadith, no ayah in the Quran. So how can we do it? It is misguidance to do that. It is shirk. Seeking Barakah from the soil of a dead person. That makes no sense at all. So it is haram to do that. That's okay. That's the lahat. When you build a grave, there is supposed to be a subsection within the grave. In the subsection, like a hole within a hole. You, you dig out the hole. Then Islamically, you're supposed to dig out another hole at the bottom. Or another hole at the side at the bottom. Either at the side or at the bottom. Then in that extra hole is where you put the body. Then on top of that, you put stones. These days, they put cement or slabs, same thing. And then on top of that, you put the soil. That's okay. So the body is preserved under that slab or cement or rocks in those days. In the smaller hole. And then the big hole, you just fill it up with the soil. That's okay. You just give salam to the deceased. You make dua for them. And that's it. You remember death. That's the purpose of visiting the graveyard. Mm. Still, you cannot have the names on the same level. Muhammad is not the same level as Allah. Allah is the creator. Even without the word Ya, it should not be like that. Two big plaques, big uh, like posters or wooden things on the same level like that. Allah, Muhammad. Because that's what they mean. In Arabic, even if you take the ya out, it means ya. Mahdhuf, munada, as they say, even if you take it out. Still means the same thing. Last question. Insha'Allah, you're allowed to put down some type of small marker. Some type of small marker to identify the grave. It doesn't necessitate that the name has to go on. It doesn't necessitate that. And it's not a necessary action to do that. But just a rock or something to identify where the grave is, is enough. We're going to have to round off there. Next time we'll carry on with the questions, inshallah. Next week again we'll carry on at 7 p.m. Straight after Maghrib, inshallah.